0: is how do you make the right choices in life and relationships how do you make the right choices because uh, many times people call and just say right pastor I I, I mean I've met someone I I don't know whether this is the right person or someone is thinking about a particular job and they, they are they're not sure Whether they are supposed to go for that particular one or the other one. So, this series, we are looking at relationship without limits. Everyone say, relationship without limitations. I I initially said relationship without limit, then I I understand that it might cause a bit of ambiguity because people believe that there should be boundaries set in relationship, which I believe also there should be boundaries in some areas. So, I just said, well, relationship without limitations. Uh, At some point in my life, I had four options uh, with regards to which career projection to to pursue. I I had admission to four different universities, and one of them was actually offering me part scholarship um, in in UK. And um, I wasn't sure, so I had the option to go and study uh, personnel management, or to go and do what I actually came to England to do, which is to go and do masters in organizational communication, or to go and do public relations, and the other one was to go and train to become a teacher. And so I had that four options in front of me. And, you, I mean, if four is not confusing, I don't know what would what be confusing. And to make matters worse, one of the universities was even offering me part scholarship. Uh, to, to come and study in the, in the university and I thought this is very interesting but you know very attractive but what 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 am I going to do here so what I will be teaching or sharing with you today and next Sunday are not things that I just read they are things that have worked for me they are things that have worked for me even when I met my wife there were some side uh, not side takes but uh, there were side interests Uh, That were interested. I was interested in them. Seriously, I wasn't. Uh, But at some point, I needed to know, Lord, is this the person or the other sister in the the fellowship? So, I'm talking about relationship with regards to who you marry. I'm talking about relationship with regards to the profession that you choose to pursue. I'm talking about relationships with regards to the, the, the career and the people you associate with. In the last couple of weeks now in, in Britain, we've experienced some form of relationship breakage or relationship um, you know, formation. We've experienced exits. Uh, when Harry and Meghan decided to go to North America. So we've experienced Mexit before Brexit. And Brexit eventually... I I love that, Mexit before Brexit. So Brexit eventually happened after 37 years. Uh, Some people only were told in history when UK joined the EU. We've experienced that. Not only that, we also experienced recently UK signed up to 5G contracts. To, you know, to the the very uh, annoyance... Of White House, who actually believe that it's a, it's a strategy or of strategy by China to actually take over the, the world. So the relation we see relationship happening all around us. So it is important that when we see events like that happening, that the children of the kingdom be very careful about how they select their relationship. When we see things happening, someone said, choose your relationship wisely. Being alone will never cause as much loneliness as being in the wrong relationship. Choose your relationship wisely. Choose who you choose to work with wisely. Choose who you choose to get into bed with. I don't expect anyone to be getting into bed if they're not your partner, I mean your your husband or your wife. But choose who you choose. You know is so you say, oh, pastor, we should be getting into bed. (laughs) No, choose who you get into bed with carefully. Because sometimes it is better to be lonely than to be in the wrong relationship. And I think quite a lot of people have found themselves in the wrong side of relationship because of the fear of, for how long am I going to be alone? So, a second point I would like you to understand is, you make a relationship decision in a moment, but the consequence of it may last a lifetime. I remember something my... um, my church used to say in New Covenant Church, when we were being counseled to get married, they said, listen, we will help you to get into a marriage. And we will help you to stay in it. Even when you want to get out of it, we, we, we will help you to stay in the marriage. Unless it's a case of abuse, but we will help you to stay in that marriage. So you can make one, one momentary decision, but which will cost a lifetime of a joy or pain. The last one. Your relationship choices will increase or decrease your fulfillment of God's purpose for your life. If you don't believe me, go and ask Samson. He was was ordained as a deliverer, but he made the wrong choice. And he lost the purpose that God has ordained him to fulfill. Whoever you choose to go into professional relationship with, or whoever you go into intimate relationship with, will either hasten or delay the fulfillment of God's purpose for your life. So when we're talking about relationship, this is on Wednesday, by God's grace, we'll be looking at how to develop a healthy relationship with yourself. Because until you have developed a healthy relationship with yourself, it's difficult to actually be able to develop healthy relationship with other people. That's why you, when people do things or people make certain body language, you're thinking, well, they hate me or they're talking about me. It's because you are wounded. And until you are healed, it's difficult to actually engage in a healthy relationship with other people. That's why so many people are emotional recluse and their spouse have been struggling for years to actually work with them. They've done all the the love languages and everything. They've gone through them and yet... Something has not worked. So, question. How then do we develop a healthy... I'm sorry. How then do we make choices with regards to relationships? So, we usually make relationships based on either our social, cultural, bringing uh, your economic, social, capital, your growth or fixed mindset or availability of resources, but that one uh, is for another day. So how do we then make choices? The first thing you should ask yourself whenever you want to make choice about relationship, whether the choice about the job to go into, whether the choice about the person that you want to go into partnership with, whether it's regarding something you need to align yourself with, the first question you always ask yourself is, can this pass the scriptural test? Can these pass the scriptural test? In other words, what has God said about it? The first test we should always ask ourselves when we're talking about relation, when we're about to engage in a relationship, is what has God said about it? Can this pass the scriptural test? In other words, is it in God's word? Is it something that God has spoken to me about? Because you see, sometimes the Bible says there is a way that seems good to a man, but the end of it is destruction. And the word of God makes us to understand in 1 Timothy chapter 2, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17, that all scripture, everyone say all scripture, all scripture is inspired by God. And it is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. In other words, the word of God doesn't just is not just one thing we read in church on Sunday. The word of God teaches us what is true. The word of God makes us to realize when we are going into relationship what God has said about it. The word of God makes us to realize, for example, if I'm uh, when I was looking for for a job. I realized that the kind of job I was looking for was not just a job to pay my bill. I was looking for something that will move me further towards who God has called me to be. Don't go for a job because it just pays the bill. Go for a job because it will move you a step closer to who God has called you to be. Don't go for a side chick because they, they have a, a stunning figure. Go for someone who actually fears God. I remember there was a time... Um, Again, after I, I just met my wife, and I was praying about this because I wanted to be sure. And I remember there was a scripture the Holy Spirit gave me, and I remember it was out of the four words. God gave me four scriptures, and I can tell you each one of them today that God gave me 16 years ago when I met my wife. And one of the scriptures God gave me was that beauty is vain, and wealth is nothing. But a woman that fears God is to be revered. And I just said, that's done it for me. It's not about wealth, it's not about beauty, but a woman who fears God is to be You cannot become the next Billy Graham and think that you are the one God has called to save someone and become born again. And then you got yourself burnt. Even you are not that powerful. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can save. So don't go into a relationship because you feel God wants to use you to save them and become a Christian. You're setting yourself up for a failure. If you feel that God is laying on your heart to actually speak to someone to become born again, introduce them to another sister to speak to them. When it comes to the relationship with regards to our job, let's ask the Lord, what is God saying about it? Because there's no point asking God to bail us out of something that we never asked his opinion from at the beginning. So the first thing, is what has God said in his word. And then it says it corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses his word to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So the first question you always ask when you're about to make a, a relationship decision is what has God said about that? What has God said about my job? And there's no, it's, not, it's not a mystery. God had said, a man that does not work is worse than an infidel. It's as simple as that. God had said that we should cater for our family. It's as simple as that. But pastor, I don't have qualification. There are so many opportunities. There's so many things. Why don't you just pray, Lord, open my eyes to see what you have prepared for me to do. Pastor, I don't even know how to move forward with regards to my career. Ask yourself, are you equipped for the next level? If you're not, then go train. Go and ask yourself. The Bible says, go to the ant and learn. You sluggard. In other words, make preparation for the day of the raining season while it is still summer. What has God's word said about it? Number two, when you're making decisions, the second thing is secrecy test. Would it bother me if everyone knew about this decision. The first thing is. What has God said in his word about this? I don't think we need to become more. More forthright with regards to studying God's word. We need to be more proactive. So that we know what God is saying about things. Because there's no, there's no way we will know what God is saying. If we have not actually studied God's word. You heard my wife's testimony. When she applied to another company and they said oh we're going to pay you this her previous company said no, whatever they're paying you we will match that up." and they are much in fact they they're like almost 20 times bigger than the new company but it takes one knowing what god had said to actually decide that it's time to leave if you have never sought god's voice when there was no need how do you think you will hear god's voice when there is a need sometimes we think god is father christmas we rot. I've said to you before that if you have to pray because there is a problem, you're already in problem. Prayer is first lived before it is said. We live praying before we say prayers. So we ought to be people that are familiar with God's word. So that when the need come, you just say, Father, I thank you because you've heard me. Because you're so familiar with God's word. The second was is secrecy test. Would it bother me? If everyone knew that this is the decision I've made. If you're making a decision that you cannot let your pastor know. That you cannot let other brethren know. Then that decision is sinful. There's nothing you're going to tell me about. If not a decision that you can shout at the rooftop and say, this is what I am doing. Then that decision is sinful. So there's nothing about, please, Lord, uh, let's know for and tell me whether this is right. No, no, no. Can you share it with your pastor? Can you share it with other believers? If the answer to the two, can you share it with your parents? If the answer to the three are no, then it's sinful. The Bible says in Proverbs eleven three, The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. Secrecy test. Can I bear to actually share this with other people? What would other believers say if they know I'm taking steps towards this decision? Number three, if you are making decision, you ask yourself, can this actually pass the ethical test? That is, would it bother me if everyone began to follow my examples? There's, um, for those of you who are familiar with, um, with philosophy and Kant. Um, there's a guy called Immanuel Kant, a, a, a German philosopher, who said in one of his uh, teachings called Categorical Imperative, that we should live in such a way that if our action were to become a global law, we would be very happy for everyone to actually live that lifestyle. Now, the things you and I do, and I'm not talking about outside, the, things you, the way you talk to your partners in the house The way you behave to your children in the house. The way you behave at work when there's none of your church members there. The way you behave when you are outside of the office. The way you behave on the tube. The kind of music you listen to. The kind of things you read. The kind of things you expose your heart to. The the, the kind of lifestyle that you live. If that were to become a global phenomenon... You'll be more than happy for everyone to do it. And if you cannot stand and say, yeah, I would love everyone to be able to do that, then don't do it. Can this relationship pass ethical tests? If everyone were to be doing this, would I be happy? The next one. Can this relationship pass spiritual tests? Remember I said scriptural tests. Can he also pass spiritual tests? In other words, am I being people pressured or am I being God-led? Am I going into this job because everyone said, go and find a job? Am I relating with these people because I don't want to be considered snobbish? It's better to be considered snobbish than aligning yourself with wrong friends. It's better to be considered antisocial than aligning yourself with people whose lifestyle and life dreams does not align with yours. It's better to cut yourself away from people who are not going to take you anywhere. It's better to exit companies that's not taking you anywhere. But make sure you're looking for something before you exit. So that don't say, well, my pastor said I should exit. That's it. We're gone. No, please find something before you exit. (laughs) Any relationship that is not taking you, please don't go into, re- I, I was sharing with some people recently about the bishop of a, com- of a church that came and prophesied and said a worship leader, uh, that God had said she's the wife for her, for his, his son. And she went ahead because it's the bishop, you know. And the bishop then ended and said, go and pray about it. How, why would you say God told me? And then said, go and pray about it. And she came and said, oh, God bless you, sir. The Lord has confirmed it. The marriage lasted six months and they split. Are you being people pressured or are you being God led? Because God will never force, the Spirit of God will not strive with a man. That's not how God works. In fact, someone said if you have to do it in haste, it's more likely that it's not God. Because the, there is, a, there is a, there's a wisdom that comes from God. The Bible says it is first gentle. It's pure. If it is a wisdom that is coming from God, it's pure. It's gentle. God will not ask you to do something that will contradict his word. He will not. He will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. Whether you're entering, you're making a decision with your partner, and your heart is palpitating about it, then check, has God actually spoken, or you're being pressured to do it? Spiritual test. The next one is stumbling test. I'll be rounding off in the next five minutes. In making decision, the next question is, could my choice cause me and another person to stumble? When you're making a decision with regards to what you need to do at work, remember I've shared with you before that people should know, people should love being a Christian because of you. People should not love you just because they know you're a Christian. No, they should love being a Christian just because your lifestyle is so fantastic. In fact, when people find out that you're a Christian, they should go, eh, hey, we We thought so. There's something about you. Not that when people heard you're a Christian, they like, huh? Do you know what? A lot of people, by now the church should be overflowing. And I'm not talking about EP. The church of God should be overflowing. And it's because sometimes Christians want to live a sensual life. A sensual life is a life that is on the one side spiritual, but on the other side still want to go on with the life of the world. Do not, any decision that you have to take that will make someone to stumble, any choice of relationship that you want to take that will make someone else to stumble, or that will make you to stumble, it is not God. I'll give you an example. A friend of mine shared an, a, an experience that they were, all, they were all at a party. And so there was this lady from the church and she, was so, she felt so strong that God wanted her to speak to someone about salvation. But she didn't. And then they played a particular track and she just, I just said, oh, that's my lyrics. And she just stood up and, you know, she was dancing. And the guy that she was supposed to actually talk to The guy just, and the way she was dancing, she was dancing so suggestively. And the guy just came up to her and just said, ah, (laughs) are you doing? You know all that kind of moves. (laughs) And she lost the moment that she could have shone for Christ. Because she couldn't control her desire. Any decision that we have to make that will make somebody else to stumble, or that will make us to stumble, is not like to be gone. So there's no need about, Pastor, how do I know this is God? I've just told you the things that you need to know. Can he pass stumbling test? Can he pass serenity test? God will not give you that makes your heart to be not at peace. He will keep you in perfect peace because your mind is stayed on, upon him. In Philippians four sixty seven, it says, be anxious for nothing. Everyone say, be anxious for nothing. So if you're doing something and it's causing you anxiety, then that is not God. It is not God. If you're working so hard and you're having nothing to show for it, and it's causing you anxiety about the future, it is not God. With all the testimonies we've shared many times, you would think that we've never been in debt. No, we've been in debt so many times. But you know what? When I go to bed, it is, he giveth his beloved sleep. I, I sleep like a baby. Because I know, listen, my understanding of abundance is not because of what I have in my bank. My understanding of abundance is because I know whom I have trusted. My understanding of abundance is because I know God is my banker. It's not HSBC. It's not Barclays. I know whom I have trusted. So when I go to bed, I go to bed with... Sa- the only time I struggle to sleep, three times I woke up three times that night, was the day my wife told me she was pregnant with our second child. I woke up three times, I ran to the toilet, I went back to bed. I was so, but I'm, I'm good now, I'm good now. And I'm going to round off with, with this. Can that decision pass the conflict test? What I meant by conflict, can, he, can you do something that will not bring alienation to people that you loved most? If you have to make a decision that takes you away from those that you love. If you have to take a decision that takes you away from the people that you love. Or you have to make a decision that breaks the heart of people that you love. You need to ask yourself, is this God? Because the Bible says God put the solitary in families. God doesn't. There are certain decisions that you have to take. For example, Abraham had to leave his father's house. Because God said, go. But don't just say, well, God has spoken to me. I've heard God. I don't care what anybody else say." No, you're walking in rebellion. Ask yourself, can this decision pass the conflict test? There was a time one company offered me a, a, a Sunday job. So I would work on Friday evening. I'd work on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Saturday afternoon, I'd work on Sunday evening. And I thought, what time would I even have for my family? And I just said to them, no, I, I, I can't do it. And it was good money. I said, I can't do it because I won't have time to actually even be at home at all. Any job or profession that you have to do, any relationship that takes you, if every time you're hanging out with the boys and your wife doesn't see you at home, then you need to check, is this really godly? Because there must be something. It must be able to pass the conflict test. And it must be able to pass the purpose-focused test. And I'll stop that. I think I'm going to give about five minutes. I don't know if anyone has got a question because I actually want someone to, if you have a question about this, I'm more than happy to actually share light to that. Because with regards to relationship this year, we need to get it right, guys. We need to get it right. You cannot afford to just align yourself with wrong people, with wrong association, with wrong relationship. Listen, you will save yourself a lot of heartache If you let God lead you in the first instance. And we might think this is 21st century. Who talks to God again? People talk to Google. Some still talk to God. And He still guides them. He still tells them. Because His Word says in Psalm 32, verse 8, when you walk, you will hear a voice behind you saying, This is where walking. I will lead you. I will guide you. And with my own eyes, I will show you the way to go. Praise the Lord. Yes, a question. What do you do if you've made a decision at the time you thought it was God and then later it turned out it didn't work very well? Yes. Okay, right. This D- is The thing, if God had spoken and at the time you were sure that it is God, usually what people do is they ask God, Lord, do you want me to do this? But they don't ask, when do you want me to do it? So there are times that a decision is actually godly but because the timing wasn't right. So remember, the, so, some, the timing is not right, and the details, we didn't ask for, the, sometimes we don't ask for the details. So for example, the Bible talks about the, the children of Isaac, that they have understanding of the time, that is they know what to do, and how to do it. So sometimes we make the decision at the time, we might think, this is God. And the fact that God has spoken doesn't mean there will be no challenge. But one thing is that it will end well. So even people, even people, my wife and I, we've had, there's been, we've had conflict different times. We've had misunderstanding different times. And if you call me 20 million times, I will tell you I heard by every means anyone hears from God. I heard from God that this is my wife. Have we never had conflict? No. We, I mean, we've had conflict many times. But because we know this is God, we're standing. So when you are now in that situation that at the time you were sure, but now it, it seems, as if it's not working. The first thing to then do is, Lord... What are you saying? So sometimes it might, it might say to you, because I've been in that situation before, that I went into a relationship, that at the time I was so sure, if I shared it with MIT, that Valentine's Day always remind me, because I had to break the relationship on Valentine's Day, that I was sure. Guys, I, I, well, don't tell me it's not my future. My future was at stake. My destiny was at stake. You say that's not right. <laughs> Lord, Lord I, I know Blackfriars Hub members are on this side of the other side. <laughs> It was, it, w- it was a decision that had to be taken. And it was a decision that I could not even go to sleep over. It has to be done. When you realize that your destiny is at stake, emotional sentiments will have no place to stand. When your destiny is at stake, you don't do emotional sentiments. You deal with it. I knew I was in a relationship for the last three months that was not taking me to where God wanted me to do. You said I should wait after Valentine? (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) So back to what we were saying. The best thing, the Bible talks about the faithfulness of God. One thing about God is, He will not chastise forever. That I know. Even when you found yourself that you made a decision that was wrong, and then you go to God in all honesty to say, Lord, I invested in this, and I was so sure you were talking to me about this. The Bible said, God will restore the years that the canker was and the caterpillars are stolen. And God has a way of restoring, I can tell you, my sister. So if you have made a decision, let's say you joined a company that you were sure it was God, and it turned out that it was the worst decision to make, or you invested in something, or you went into a relationship with someone, and it turned out that it is not where you're supposed to be, it's better not to go on and say, well, I'm in it, I'm in it, let's just get on with it. Sometimes it is pride that makes people to continue. And the shame of, I don't know what people will say. It's better you come out and let people say than for you to continue to endure it. That was the difference between David and Saul. When Saul made a mistake, Saul didn't back out. Saul wanted to save face. David said, I would rather fall into the hands of God than in the hands of man. David was willing to say, Lord, I messed up. I made a mistake, but you are the one who can restore. So what I would advise in that situation is, Go to God and say, Lord, did I make a mistake or this is a timing situation? And God could say, stay there. Or God could say, no, you need to come out because the timing, w- you shouldn't have gone into it. And one thing you should cry to God for is restoration. God restore That I know by his word. Amen. Any other question? Yes, just one last one. How do you reconcile um, not wanting to alienate your relationship with loved ones um, with the other test, which was about making sure you're not people-led, you know, if there there may be a time that you're convicted that this is what you're supposed to do, if those around you who genuinely love you, they just, it hurts them, it pushes them away, does that automatically make it wrong, or at what point do you need to say, I'm sure of what God told me, and so I have to do it, and even if it upsets you, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Remember that one other, uh, because we we can't take one of these in isolation. All of them works together. When you're sure that this is something God has told you, uh, the Bible says that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every matter be established. There will be other people in your life. So when you're in a situation whereby you're making a decision, and that decision tends to conflict with what your loved ones think, the best thing to do in order to be double sure God has spoken to you is to find two, uh, one or two other people who are neutral, who are impartial, to pray with you and be doubly sure that God indeed is speaking to you in that area. Because there are times that our emotion, because remember that man is a, is a spirit who lives in a body and has a soul. Sometimes our emotion, because we're so, we feel we have strength in particular aspects. Our emotion may lead us to want to do certain things. And it, it might be such that we. Are, so everyone, always, everyone is always sure when they're doing something. But it might be emotion or passion that's leading. But to be doubly sure is to get one or two people to just say, right, can you pray with me? And when they pray with you and just say, right, I, I believe that indeed this is where you should go. At that point in time, then you then speak to God and say, Lord, if you are calling me to do this, can you convince my partner? I used to say that two years before EP started, if I was four years, I believe it was time for me to leave Stretton. I knew that. But I asked my, when I shared it with my wife, my wife said, why are we leaving the children? And I wasn't going to force it. I could have just said, look, God has called me. I don't care what you think. No, that, because that's not wisdom. So I'd say, Lord, if you are asking me to do something new, would you please speak to my wife? And I left it for three, two years. I left it for two years. In fact, when it was time, my wife said, I believe my heart is ready for it. Sometimes it's a, it might be something long that you don't want to pay the price of. But if you find people who are your loved ones, they don't understand something that God is calling you to do. The first thing to check is, one, is this really God or is it my emotion and my ambition? And in order to prove that, speak to one or two people who are not biased and pray with you. And if you are sure this is God, then Lord, would you convince people who are my loved ones to see what you've shown me? Praise the Lord. Let's rise and pray this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just want to thank you. Just lift your hands to the Lord in the month of February that God will order your steps with regards to relationship. Will you just join hands with someone today? Just say, Lord, order my steps in the month of February in decision-making. Lord, we receive your wisdom. We receive your guidance that the decision we make will be based on your word. That the decision that we make will be such that if everyone were to know about it, they will bless the name of the Lord for, for us. That we make a decision that if it were to become a global decision, Will be glad he became so. Lord, I pray for people who are thinking about embarking on a professional study this season. I pray, dear Father, that you will guide them the way to go. I pray for those who are thinking about investing in a new project. I pray, dear Father, that you will start aligning them with the right people in business. I pray for those who might have invested. But they lost everything. Lord, I thank you because you are a restorer. I always remember what you said, dear Lord, in 2 Kings chapter 8 about the woman that Elisha asked to go to Egypt because of the famine in the land. And the Bible says she returned after seven years. Her land lost everything. But because the king spoke on her behalf, the king said, Let her land be restored and everything the land ought to have produced in seven years. Let it be restored to her. Lord, I speak to everyone who has had a delay or who have had misalignment in decision-making. I pray for restoration in this season of their lives. There are times you will lose so much and you're thinking, how did I find myself here? things were going well. maybe i should have stayed how did i find myself in this conundrum and god is asking me to tell you if you're in that position today i am a god i restore i will restore the years back to you i will bring alignment into something better for you i'll bring alignment into something newer for you and i'll bring a quickening of restoration to you because i am a god that specializes in restoring back to Maybe you're in this place and you went to a work and it's not what you thought but you went, when you went back and you applied to that place of work. God is asking me to tell you that he will take the land for you. Lord, we just praise your name. Lord, we just praise your name. We just commit our relationships to your hand. We just ask dear Lord that you will begin to align us with the right people. That we'll begin to make the right decisions. That we'll begin to have the right concepts and the right ideas. That we'll begin to meet the right people. Let our coffee break be prophetic and ordained coffee breaks. That you will align our steps to meet the right people. The first accounting job my wife found was just by saying to someone, I love your dress. And that person became her employer one month later. Lord, I pray that we will not move by sight any longer. That we will become spiritually discerning. That every word that we say will be latent with prophetic performance. That you will order our steps to meet the right people in relationships. And I pray, dear Lord, in this season for as many that are wounded. And as a result, either wounded emotionally or wounded mentally. Because they've tried to find certain jobs and they've just lost hope. I pray for healing. I pray for strength to be stirred up. That they will realize that greater is you that is in them than he that is in the world. We thank you for the things you have in mind to do this season. We give you all the glory and all the praise. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you now and forevermore in Jesus' mighty name. Turn to someone and say, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Go ahead and make some noise for Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. I'll see you next week.